0: was a good friend of mine I never this... Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot Jeff Harding. Jeff, tell me how you're really doing today. I'm doing a little Lou rawls <laughs> You've been having a kind of a head cold the last couple have, of days. I have, I have, and it makes my voice drop an octave, or at least a half octave. Yeah. That's good. It's good for the radio, though. Well, it is good for the radio. I'm sorry you have not been feeling well. and This is the worst time of year to not be feeling well. well. Especially for us. Yeah. But I also noticed that you brought some medication in to try and put a vario between me and you, which is smart. I brought in some vitamin C and zinc supplements, and I'm going to start... Um, Partaking <laughs> in an aggressive fashion <laughs> so I can hopefully avoid what you're dealing with. Actually, when I first started feeling this way, I started doing the same thing, but it was a little too late for me, but it was such way for you. Well, I hope you get feeling better soon. I really do. Well, thank you. So, Jeff, we like to have fun on this show. We like to have fun in general, but especially on this show. Yeah, yeah. I think it's something that we enjoy doing. But at the same time, we also feel a responsibility to cover important topics that sometimes aren't as fun to talk about. You're talking about stretching again? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although that is one of those important topics that's not very fun yeah, for right. either of us to talk about, but uh, now today I, want, I do want to talk about an important one, um, but I want to talk about it because it is important. so here we go and by the way, Jeff, this information that I'm going to share with you was provided by Harvard Medical School. Don't get much better than that. so it's pretty good stuff it's it's legit stuff. So here it is. what can you do to prevent stroke? Wow. That's a serious one, right? Yeah, but you, you give us give us I, you some ideas. I'm going to share some ideas. the The fact of the matter is, is that age makes us more susceptible to having a stroke, mm-hmm. as does having a mother, father, or a close relative who has had a stroke. Okay. And Jeff, I'm just I'm going to be honest here. My full disclosure: my mother-in-law had a stroke earlier this year, and uh, it's been life-changing on pretty much every yeah. level. It's, yeah. it's it's kind of been tough emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's been a challenge. It is. My mother and I did the same thing. and you so, so you've lived through it as well. Yeah. So, Interestingly enough, I, I was having a conversation just this last week with my wife and my sister-in-law and a couple other friends, and someone asked, so what do you do to avoid a stroke? And as my wife and my sister-in-law are you know, now firmly in that camp of yes, a mother who has had a stroke, I thought, well, it'd be worth talking about. Yes. So that's what I wanted to do today. So Jill, Mindy, Sarah Layton, if you're out there listening... This is for you. And you better be out there listening. And you better be out there listening, by the way. <laughs> so here's the thing, Jeff. Like I said um, earlier, age and family history are criteria that are, are kind of strikes against sure. you when it comes to strokes. You can't do anything about reversing the years, you can't change your family history. But there are some things that you can do to help mitigate your risk for strokes. So I'll well, lay cover them on me. A few of those. The first one is to lower your blood pressure. I was going to say blood pressure or stress level would be... It definitely is the highest one. High blood pressure is a huge factor. In fact, having high blood pressure doubles or even quadruples your stroke risk if it's not controlled. So high blood pressure is the biggest contributor to the risk of stroke in both men and women. That's according to Dr. Natalia Rost, who is an associate professor of neurology at the Harvard School of Medicine. Uh, She says monitoring blood pressure, and if it's elevated, treating it is probably the biggest difference that people can make to their vascular health, which is going to help you avoid strokes in the long run. So you want to maintain a blood pressure that is less than 135 over 85. So the question becomes, how do you lower your blood pressure? Well, you take a chill pill. You take a chill pill. That's one thing that you can do. You can also reduce the salt in your diet. They say that no more than 1,500 milligrams a day. And, I, you know, Jeff, you and I, they talk about grams and milligrams. What does that mean? 1,500 milligrams is about half a teaspoon of salt. That's a lot of salt. So that gives you an idea. It's a lot if you're putting it on like one potato. But if you spread it out through the day, it's not very much salt. So you got to keep your salt intake down. You want to avoid high cholesterol foods like burgers, cheese, Ice cream, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. You also want to eat four to five cups of fruits and vegetables every day. I do that. One serving of fish two to three times a week. Don't usually do that, but you yeah. like But you it. could do it. I like it, yeah. And several daily servings of whole grains and low-fat dairy. That's all good for you when it comes to strokes. Mm-hmm. They recommend that you get more exercise at least 30 minutes a day or more yeah. if possible. And quit smoking if you smoke. And uh, also, and don't start if, if you don't smoke. And don't start if you don't smoke. And also, if you need to, take blood pressure medicines. That's right. Um, try all the other things first, but if you got to get that blood pressure down, you got to get it down. And I think, Jeff, you'll see all the things that I'm going to share today are very interconnected and very interrelated. Yep. So that was number one, lower your blood pressure. Number two was lose weight. Okay. So obesity, as well as the complications that come with obesity that include high blood pressure and diabetes... But obesity raises your odds of having a stroke. If you're overweight, and I like this, losing as little as 10 pounds can have a real impact on your stroke risk. So just little steps. And the way that you achieve losing that weight, uh, they recommend, is that you try to eat no more than 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day. Of course, that depends on your activity level. They want you to increase the amount of exercise. As I said, a lot of things are interconnected here. Right. But increase the amount of exercise you do with activities like walking, golfing, playing tennis, or just making activity an overall general part of your day. Right. Which leads us to number three, again, with the interconnectivity, exercise more. So they say exercise contributes to losing weight and lowering blood pressure. Yeah. But it also stands on its own as an independent stroke reducer. So, you want to try to exercise at a moderate intensity, at least five days a week. Take a walk around your neighborhood with your spouse or your friends every morning after breakfast. That's a great way to get some exercise in. Mm -hmm. Start a fitness club with some friends. They say that when you exercise, you want to reach the level at which you're breathing hard, but you can still talk. And Jeff, even simple things, and we say this all the time, but taking stairs instead of an elevator, simple things like that can make a difference. And if you don't have 30 consecutive minutes a day, to exercise, which, come on, if your choice is, you know, a stroke or 30 minutes of exercise, you let's find, find the, the time, 30 minutes, right. right? But if you can't find 30 consecutive minutes, break it up into 10 to 15-minute sessions a few times a day and you still get benefits that will help reduce your risk of stroke. Very doable. And then I'm not going to focus on the next uh, four, but I just want to throw them out there. Number one, number four is reduce or eliminate alcohol consumption, They say that uh, consuming alcohol increases your stroke risk. Number five is to treat atrial fibrillation if that is a problem, which is an irregular heartbeat. So if you've got that problem, Mm -hmm. make sure that you're treating it. Number six is to treat your diabetes. And finally, number seven, once again, as mentioned earlier, don't smoke. If you're smoking, quit. If you haven't started smoking, Jeff, Just, just don't do it. Don't pick it up. Right. Don't, don't follow, don't listen to Nike, just don't do it. <laughs> so just some ways that you can uh mitigate, lower your risk of a stroke, which I think is helpful for all of us. And again, for my family, it's right. it's kind of a, a right. personal crusade that we need to all get on. So, Jeff, today's guest is none other than Ryan Solberg. Ryan is an exercise physiologist at the Intermountain Live Well Center right here in St. George, Utah. Ryan works. With midlife as well as older adults and is CrossFit certified and also a pharmacy technician. So he's got a lot of good things going for him. Yes, he does. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So Ryan, this is uh, where you're working with uh, older adults and and kind of midlife adults. You're you're starting to think about things like heart disease and stroke and stuff like that. Based on what I said, tell me, what, what do you think? Is that good advice? Are there
1: other things we need to look at? Absolutely. And, and kind of like you were saying, there's a lot of interconnected factors. Um, and we see that all the time, too. Um, the good thing about interconnected factors like that is once you start to exercise, you want to eat a little bit better. You want to kind of watch your sodium. You kind of want to watch how much sugar you're putting into your body. And so, yeah, they're not only connected, um, you know, physically with the physiological changes in your body, but uh, mentally, you know, one domino tips another and, and tends to help the other out. I was
0: just going to mention that. To me, this feels like it's a positive domino effect. A lot of times we think of the domino effect as being a negative thing where one bad choice leads to another bad choice. In this case, just like what you said, one good choice leads to the next good, which leads to the next good. And anything that's good for your heart and for your veins is good for your brain. And it just becomes this whole overall package. And that's what we're shooting for when we talk about the active life. Absolutely. So awesome. Well, thank you. So today we're going to talk, uh, not not really focus on that, we're going to talk about something else, but I wanted to get your take on it. And uh, now we're going to jump right into what we actually want to talk with you about, and that is maintaining a balance between your overall general fitness type of exercises and sports-specific exercises, because we're coming up into the games Uh, we got a lot of athletes that are getting ready, putting their, you know, last minute tweaks into whatever preparation they're going to be able to do. And just generally speaking, you know, we've got athletes that compete year round. So how do you find that balance between just, I want to be in good health and boy, I want to be the best athlete that I can
1: possibly be. Sure. Um, Yeah. So as you kind of stated uh, right now for those senior games, athletes is going to be the best time to be doing more sports specific type exercises. Um, in the in the off season you know uh, that's the best time to be doing your more just the more complex more basic general fitness type training um, and you'll see that with a lot of the competitive athletes um, you don't see or I, I guess I should say you didn't used to see golfers um, doing anything but golfing you know right. think think you know 20 30 40 years ago and and now you see golfers you see tennis players you see pretty much any athlete, um, they're in the weight room, they're working on their general overall fitness, they're working on their strength, their balance, their flexibility, and then as their competition becomes, um, it gets closer to competition time, they get more and more sports specific, uh, kind of working out the little tweaks and getting things really lined up and ready for competition.
0: I feel like over time, and this is, this is just my unprofessional observation, but it seems to me like over time, we've really discovered that there's real benefit to cross-training. Sure. And, uh, you know, like you said, 30, 40 years ago, you picked your sport, and then that was all that you did, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that we probably saw a lot of stress injuries and burnout and those types of things. And now that idea of, yeah, I play tennis, but I'm going to get up this morning and I'm going to run three miles, Mm -hmm. and that's going to help me. And then I'm going to, the next day, spend some time in the weight room, and then, you know, as as you said, Ryan, when we get closer to the competition, of course you gotta focus and tune in on, you know, those sports specific skills and you do want to practice your tennis, you know, you wanna practice your softball, your your pickleball, whatever that mm-hmm. sport is. But I I personally really like that more well-rounded approach. I think that
1: you probably end up with an overall better product in the long run. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the strength gain, the uh the increase mobility from the flexibility. It, it's all going to play a part in your sport that you're competing in. Um, and so there's just so many moving parts to the puzzle. And when you start to put them all together is when you're going to get your best results.
0: Yeah. And, and again, I, I really like that concept. And I think that it translates across the board from you know, the senior athletes that a lot of times we're talking about, but all the way down to the kids as well.
1: Oh, absolutely. And we
0: we see kind of this tug of war a little bit, especially with the kids. But, you know, you've got coaches and parents that maybe have ideas and a direction for them. And so they really, with the best interest in mind, they're really you know trying to focus in on that one sport athlete. Mm -hmm. But um, I was just listening to a program just this morning, actually, where they were talking about Olympic athletes and professional athletes, and they've really found through some some pretty you know scientific means that cross-training and and playing a variety of different sports, especially at a young age, actually does increase your chances of making it to a, a, a college scholarship or even a, a professional, which, you know, for most of us is way out there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, let's be honest, that's that's not gonna be the life that most of us end up living. But they have found that for the most part, those who are more well rounded end up having more success. Professionally or at the college level, which I think is is a good lesson that translates to all of us, regardless of you know whether we're striving for that scholarship, which none of us are ever, are are, are going to be there, or right. we're just trying to be the best five k runner on the weekend that we can be. I think there's a lot of solid, you know, common sense um, research behind that idea of of cross training.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yo, you you mentioned the burnout um, kind of mental fatigue from just doing the same thing over and over and over. And, and a lot of times when you start cross training, uh, mixing it up a little bit, you'll actually find something else that you enjoy. You know, for those of us who aren't a one sport athlete, yeah. um, you know, it can get pretty boring doing the same thing over and over and increases the risk for injury and, and overtraining. And so, yeah, you know, vary your training mix it up a little bit and and it becomes a lot more fun learning new skills and, and training new new sports and and whatnot
0: so talking about cross training uh let's let's jump in just a little bit into crossfit okay now i think that that's become a phenomenon where most people know what it is but maybe give us a definition of what crossfit is sure and how you feel like that fits into your overall health and wellness package
1: okay yeah, so so CrossFit is uh, it's a high intensity style of training um, where it's constantly varied. Um, so exactly what we've been talking about. You're you're never doing the same thing twice. You know you're doing different movements. They have gymnastic movements. Um, they have strength movements. They have endurance movements. And so mixing up, keeping your body guessing, keeping you know your your mind active and always learning new skills, always learning new things. And usually performing them at a high intensity, which is, uh, you know, going back to the, the stroke reduction and everything, it's going to work your heart and your lungs really hard. Um, so they're, they're intense, they're hard, they're heavy, they're fast. They're Um, loud. They're loud. (laughs) They tend to be quite loud. (laughs) It, it, It is. It's loud, fast, a little rowdy. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a great, workout in the amount of time that that you're there and and uh, just includes so many different aspects that that uh, maybe somebody wouldn't have tried before. And so it makes you a more balanced person overall.
0: They say there's there's a I think it's on Netflix but there's a program fittest on earth maybe yes. you've seen it or heard mm-hmm. of it and they really focus in on that concept of CrossFit and the competitions and everything like that. But I I buy into the fittest on earth. I mean, those, the people who do it at the highest level are
1: just mind-blowingly incredible athletes at everything. That's the thing is, uh, is there's, there's really nothing that they can't do at that level anyway. And, and that's the concept behind it is being ready for anything and everything. Um, and for us common folk, uh, just being ready for life. You know, yeah. if somebody wants to go for a hike, sure, I can go for a hike. Somebody, you know, if you've got to, you know, for the, for the people I work with, pick up your grandkids. Uh, if, if you want to be able to do just whatever life throws at you, um, that's kind of the concept behind things. So for those,
0: you know, including myself who have maybe watched this program, uh, and think that CrossFit is only for the crazy elite people, is, is that true? Or is there an entry level no, where you can get into all. it as
1: well? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's, there's usually uh, in most CrossFit gyms there's an on-ramp course um, that'll kind of teach you the movements because some of the movements are a little more complex and and hopefully they're going to find something you've never done before so they'll break you into it and and one thing that people don't understand is when they watch the the CrossFit Games which is the Olympics yeah of that's, CrossFit, that's if the you high will. level the, I mean that's their job these guys are professional athletes in that particular sport. The sport of fitness, and and so they're training all day, every day, and uh, so that's what that people have got to un- understand is is there is a there is a lower level for you know those who are trying to just kind of break in and, and find that general fitness, and and it's pretty rewarding to uh, to come in, learn new things, get stronger, and and see those see see yourself being able to do things faster and and lift things that are a little bit heavier than sure. when you started. Awesome,
0: you're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with Ryan Solberg, an exercise physiologist. We've been talking a little bit about CrossFit, but maybe more not not so much the brand of CrossFit, but more that concept of cross training. Sure, and just approaching life in a, a well-rounded, holistic package as well. Um, let's continue that conversation and talk and, and expand it a little bit further into a life balance. Mm-hmm. How, how do you find the balance between everything that you're supposed to be doing
1: and yet you still got to live in the real world as well? Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, most of us have so many things going on. Uh, even finding the time for for the strength training and the fitness that we're talking about is is a little bit hard. Um, and, and there's extremes on both both ends of the spectrum. Sure. Um, kind of an example that, that came to my mind of of the sport specific, I guess. And someone who, whose life balance may have been a little bit off is, uh, I, I was talking with a client who her, her husband loves to golf, absolutely yeah. loves to golf. Well, who doesn't? It's a fun sport, right? Um, but they were, they were up in the Northern part of the state, big snowstorm. But this gentleman just had to get home to <laughs> golf with his buddies the next day. Right. And, and literally coming down in a snowstorm, sliding all over the road, risking their lives to come and play to golf come and
0: play the game know, there's
1: there's one extreme of of the spectrum you know you've got to keep things in perspective of okay is, is my life worth <laughs> getting to that golf game tomorrow <laughs> right right um
0: I for one can say no <laughs> definitely not
1: okay not, yeah, not on Je- the golf jeff huh? and
0: i neither one of us are golfers but i don't know if there's anything maybe that would you know, be, be worth it. but I do have to tell you that Kyle and I played in a golf tournament with some other guys and we won tennis rackets. Oh, okay. yeah. That was a, not so, very last. a <laughs> not so subtle hint that maybe golf was not our sport, right? Ah, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. That's been a long time ago, but I'm sure my game has not improved at all since then. <laughs> Having not picked up a club since then, I'm sure mine hasn't either.
1: That's funny, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's definitely extremes, um, but there's there's a lot of like a like I mentioned before, there's a lot of moving parts. There's, you know, your sleep. There's your nutrition. It's not just the training that we're talking about here. Um, your body is is amazing. It's made up of so many different, you know, moving parts and and little um, checks and balances that have to be in order. And like um, we were talking about earlier, there's so much interconnectivity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right. You know, the sleep, the stress, the, the nutrition, that'll all affect your training and how well you're performing at your particular sport come senior games time. Um, and so it's, it's important to maintain and manage that, that life balance and really kind of, I guess, be a little bit honest with yourself about how is my sleep? Am I exhausted? Uh, how's my nutrition? Am I, am I balanced there? Am I eating too, too much, you know, fat, too many carbohydrates? So there's a balance in everything. So how,
0: so do you have a system or, or a way that helps you balance
1: that? Um, yeah. So calendaring things out, I'm a big fan of meal, meal prep. Okay. As far as nutrition goes, uh, my wife and I, we, we try to meal prep, on the weekend and then a smaller version of that during the middle of the week. Um, and I've found that that helps me, um, to, to not grab for the, the quick and easy, convenient junk food. Yeah. Um, because I've got something there that's better. So nutritionally, I think that being prepared and knowing what you're going to eat for the day and for the week, uh, really helps. Um, and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm 31, but, I still set a bedtime for myself because I yeah. don't know how much sleep my body needs. If I am not getting enough sleep, I will not function well in the gym.
0: I am sixty; one of my bedtimes much earlier. Than it used to be.
1: <laughs> you think <laughs> is it getting earlier and earlier? Yeah. So, yeah, m- many of us do have an earlier bedtime, but we need that sleep to manage our stress, um, and, and that's just something that life's going to throw at us. Um, but going back to, to exercise. Exercise is a great stress reduction tool. Yeah, I like
0: I like three things that you said. One is calendaring. You know, make sure that you're writing stuff down, both in advance as well as after tracking your exercise, your eating. Um, I also liked that you said that. Um, oh boy, now I can't remember the three things that I liked. Oh, I'm sorry, but I again just to balance. That is a sign of age, Kyle. I know it is, <laughs> darn it. And, and also a sign of stress, and maybe that the games are almost here, right? But um, but yeah, I think I think that concept of just having a balanced approach and oh, being honest with yourself was the other thing that I really liked, which is sometimes hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. But great, great uh, advice. You got we've got about what twenty seconds left. Last last second
1: advice that you might throw out there to somebody who's trying to just find the balance. Find the balance. Well, um, just you know, keep those goals realistic. I think that uh, you know, congratulate yourself for. For what you have done, I think a lot of times we're too all or nothing. So pat yourself on the back every once in a while. Every once in a while, for you know doing that workout or eating that good meal, um, and just keep after it. I love it. I love it, Brian, Thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, thank you. Great
0: thanks. So Jeff, the games are almost here, as we've been uh, teasing all throughout the show. Yes, they are. Uh, To be honest, we need a ton of help to put on this event, and uh, we need volunteers that can help us do that. It's easy to register as a volunteer. All you have to do is visit SeniorGames.net, click on the volunteer button. And Jeff, there are so many ways to offer a helping hand. There really, really are. Lots of people like to help out with the sports. There's opportunities there if you're not so connected to sports, but you just want to connect with great people. There's lots of other opportunities as well. So again, visit SeniorGames.net today. Register to help out with the Huntsman World Senior Games. And don't miss our opening ceremonies. Plan on attending Tuesday, October 9th at 7 p.m. at Dixie State University's Trailblazer Stadium. We are going to have singing. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be the Parade of Athletes, which is amazing. It's a tremendous show. We're going to hear from Hall of Fame motivational speaker Dan Clark. He's a major contributor to the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And Dan will be our guest on next week's show. So we're looking forward to visiting with him. Sure do. And best in. of all, the opening ceremonies is absolutely free. Not a not a cost. So bring your family. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great show. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google, Stitcher as well as tune in on Spotify. Once you've subscribed, give us a rating, write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. And you can also find this, as well as previous shows, right on our website. Again, that is SeniorGames.net. Jeff, our inspirational thought for the day. I'm ready. Excellence is a continuous process, not an accident. That's right. Until next Thursday, stay active. Bye, everyone.